to the greatest podcast in Franken Culture's history. This is Get the KO, and I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller. And as always, I've got the lovely, the youthful, the ecstatic one, Julie Jubaka. Say what's up. What up, everybody? So, uh, we have a lot of fights to cover. We're not going to cover any of the prelim fights. Um, but we are going to start back from UFC Fight Night 146. So, as you can tell, we've had 146, 147, 148, ESPN2. There's been a lot of fights. A lot of good fights. we got to definitely caveat that. A lot of great fights. So, let's get started. Because, you know, life happens and we kind of had some things that we had came up. So, you guys want to hear about it? We're not really going to talk about it. We're just going to move on. So, let's get into this. Yep. Fight Night 146. Um, Right off the jump, man. We had uh, Tim Bosch versus uh, Omari Akimado. Uh, uh, this was a decision fight. It did go unanimous 30-27, all three cards. Um, the key takeaway from this fight was the strike difference, right? Um, Tim Bosch actually yeah. was uh, – he had, he had landed 64 of 121 punches for 52.9%, whereas uh, Omari had uh, 58 for 141 for 41.1%. It wasn't necessarily about like the the volume. It was just the timing part that we definitely saw with Omari, where he was able to land shots in key moments to kind of get the fight swayed over to him. Um, so big shout outs to him. Right. And, you know, it's it's kind of sad though, because Tim, I don't know, Tim's had this up and down career, man. Like I just, I would just love to see Tim like yeah off a few wins. I was a little bum watching it because t- I'm a I'm a big fan of Tim, so I was kind of hoping he would like. Get in there and really like do some some. Uh, I mean, it's not like he slept in there. Let me put that out right there. I'm not saying like he didn't show up at all. I just thought he would show up a lot harder than he did. So I was a little surprised that Omari kind of showed him up, especially when you see the score with that they ended up walking away. Like they say, if you don't want to have the judges take it and the shit yourself, and unfortunately Tim didn't do that and let it go to the judges, and it wasn't in his favor. He didn't show up enough in that fight. No, he didn't, and that's the that's the thing. He was throwing volume, and even he had a better he had a better percentage. It just I guess the timing kind of thing, man, is what really threw it all yeah. off. So, you know, shout out shout out to Amari for it. Um, hope to see start seeing big things. Um, you know, Tim's one of those guys that like he's a credible challenger. So you're definitely in a good spot yeah. if you can knock him off and continue on your run. So our next fight, man. Yeah, had, it's uh, not like he's an easy walkthrough kind of person. Exactly. It's not an easy challenge, you know. It's not a tosser. So good, good on Omari for showing up too with Tim because he's he's a good guy in the ring. So he's actually a good guy outside the ring too. I've heard like a lot of great stories. Yeah, that too. That too. So he's so cute. let's move up, right? So we had uh, Benio Davarish versus uh, Drew Dober. This was a this was actually a kind of surprise fight. Um, it ended in submission. Um, in in the second round, uh, big big win for uh Benil. Uh, you know the big takeaway for this fight was the takedown ratio, right? Uh, Benil was yeah. able to like, score two takedowns out of five. Uh, had a percentage of forty percent. Obviously, Drew didn't have any takedowns. He just got taken down. So it was great to see that uh Benil was able to get on top, control the fight, uh, move into the positions that he was looking for versus what. 
you know, was trying to be given. But he actually attacked the link. He attacked uh, attack body parts, and that's what he does, man. He takes takes limbs. Yeah, so Dar- shout out to him for that. Yeah, Dar- Dariush was putting in some work. He was making sure that he was seen doing stuff. Because if you look just when you glance at just like the stats alone, he has just a little bit more, and that's what you need. You need just to put a little bit more work in sometimes to get them to lo- notice you. And that's exactly what he did up until the submission too. So even even if it would have gone full the full fight, I think Dariush would have still taken it because he was putting just a little bit more in than Dober, yeah. personally, from and what I you guys saw. Know too, so. that, fight, that fight was won by an arm bar. So when I said that he takes limbs, I wasn't playing. He really takes limbs. So Yeah. Big big win for him on that, especially with Drew. That's going home with me now. This is mine. Every time I think of like an arm bar or like a knee bar submission, I just think of like Kill Bill, like that scene where the bride is like, "If you're alive, yeah, you may walk away, but leave your limbs because they belong to me." <laughs> yeah, that yeah, yes, I agree. I love that movie. Sorry. <laughs> Are you in? <laughs> All right, so we're gonna move over, right? Uh, Blangy Ivanov versus Ben Rothwell, which this was another fight. Uh, went to decision, uh, 29-28. Uh, big total strike difference, man. Uh, uh, Blagari, uh, 73 of 179 for 40.8%. Uh, but Ben Roth, Rothwell, 70, uh, 70 landed, 163 thrown. Um, for 42.9%. Um, by the way, if you guys are ever wondering, we're usually get these stats right off of uh, UFC.com or even just like, you know, Google, because now that they have the fight events that they pull up, you can actually just pull them right off of there. So that's where we get most of yeah. the stats from. Google is your friend. <laughs> yep. But Ivanov did a great job. Um, he was controlling the fight a lot. He was landing strikes here and there where they really mattered. Punches and bunches is what I like to call it. Um, and he just he was devastating in that in that fight. Uh, I think Ben was trying to throw. Obviously, he had a better percentage, but just wasn't doing a significant amount of damage. So obviously, if the judges are watching, they're controlling the fight because they understand like where the strikes are coming from. I felt like the aggression side actually went more towards uh, Ivanov as well. It's just that he was eating yeah. a lot of shots, but he was pushing the tempo of the fight. Ben's been around a minute, and Ivanov's still coming up. I mean, you know, within the UFC kind of really making his footing, you know. So, not saying he's like a newcomer, newcomer, but, you know, sometimes you want to be in the mouth of everybody, and how do you do that? You make a really good fight. So, this is his chance, and he did it against Ben, who's been around for a minute. It's not like Ben's a bitch. He never done anything in the octagon. So... It's a good way to do it. I like a lot of these guys as of lately. If they want to make a name for themselves, they get somebody. It's not necessarily they're calling out, you know, the fucking Conor McGregor's and shit like that. They're getting smart. They're getting some people who put some fucking work in. And they're like, this guy, this guy right here, I want to go against him so people know that I'm going against someone who's been around a while, who's been doing stuff, and is fantastic. Yeah, you're absolutely right on with that. And then, uh, you know, like, you know, like we said, Ivan won this fight. Um, really quick, we're being joined by a special guest, uh, Mr. Steve, our head person of Franken Culture. How are you doing, what are you sir? Guys, what are you guys talking about? So we are definitely covering the fight card for UFC Fight Night 146. Uh, I don't which know shit like... about UFC. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's okay. How's that uh, that Conor McGregor doing over there in uh, Ireland? Yeah, so um, he's selling whiskey. That's about all I know. Yeah, that's about. And getting in trouble. Really, that's all we really need him to know. Other and touching that, butt. That's all I know. That's Play all he. Butt. That's all he ever like. Yeah, that's all he ever puts out now is headlines about getting in trouble or putting out something that makes him more money. That's all I ever know enough more when it comes to him. Don't let me interrupt. I was hoping to harass something else. <laughs> okay. Oh, you're good. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, and there we go. Oh. So, let you guys know. Um, oh, that's hilarious. The next fight, the next, yeah, right. <laughs> the next fight that we have on, right, <laughs> we have uh, Elijah uh, Zalski Dos Santos versus Curtis Millender. Actually, I'm sorry. We missed one. Um, this was Tim. Yeah, Means. I was gonna say you just yeah, straight yeah. up skipped the Tim Means fight. Yeah, Tim Means versus Nico. Price. Oh yeah. Uh, we gotta talk about this one because I KO yeah that it. one. It was, yeah, that shit ended quicker too. That was a round oneer. Yeah, and what's funny too is that Tim Means actually was dominating that fight. Like he, I thought yep. he was gonna win that fight. You it know, especially just. Yeah. It just takes one. Cool. It just takes one say, fucking right? thing. So let's talk. What? About, let's talk about the total strikes, right? Yeah. So total strikes was uh, 35 uh, landed, 54 uh, land uh, attempted by Tim Means, 64.8%. Uh, uh, Nico Price, 36 of 73 for 49.5. So as you – or 49.3, I'm sorry. So what you can see there is that Tim was controlling this fight, and it was just one great shot that finished him. Yeah. And Nico was able to jump and, and score the big take uh, big win with the submission. So – you know, big shout outs to for Nico because that was huge because he was getting right in that fight. I think one thing that some people because I've got people go, well, why do you why do you make a point to also look at the numbers like we do? Like one of the things that you can look at that tells a story about this fight. Say you missed it. Say this is some that this is where your pee break was. You can literally just look at the total strikes and see alone that up until Nico, even if you haven't seen, up until obviously Nico got him when he got him at, the, at 450 round one, Tim means he didn't shoot, he didn't strike as much, but they were more effective. Whereas like Nico, like we said, 36 over 73 versus 35 over 54, which means when Tim was shooting, he was landing more. So that's why when people are like, why do you look at the numbers? I, if you don't remember, that right there is a great example of telling the story of a fight just in numbers alone. Yeah. Of like, obviously, Tim, when he was putting in work, it was good work. Yeah, it was solid. Good solid work. Solid landings. Like, he knew. And that's the thing that a lot of exactly. people, like, if you're, not, if you're not looking at the story, Tim was landing punches. And he was, <laughs> he was landing, not, he wasn't throwing them volume because he was able to get in his position and get into his range <clears> and strike well. With Nico, who was having difficulties trying to adjust to the game plan. Now, with that being said, Nico was yeah. able to parry a strike and then go in for the kill shot, which is exactly what happened. So, on his great movement, you know, great feet, and that's what he did. So, the volume of punches was definitely huge for him. But in the, in the end, you could throw out the air and not land, and then just randomly hit somebody one time and kind of end the fight. So, big ups to him for that because that was massive in his uh in his going. Right. So now we're going to yeah. get to the fight that we should be talking about, right? Dos Santos versus Curtis Millinder. And this fight ended by a rear naked choke first round submission yeah. for Dos Santos. Um, takedown difference here, one-to-one, uh, 100%, uh, 100% takedown rate for uh, Dos Santos. And it was incredible because I, don't, I didn't feel like I was going to see a fight end this quick, but 
yo, when Melander got taken down to the ground, I was like, ooh, you done. And then sure enough, Brian. He, he just crawled up. He just crawled up to his back and was just like, yeah, I got you. You're going to give up right now. Right. Locked in a Sometimes you can see it, though, the moment. You can see the moment it hits the mat. You're like, oh, I don't think you're going to get back up from this as easy as you think you're going to. Nope. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, yeah. There's just some fights where you can see that you're like, yeah, this isn't going to bode well for you after this moment, dude. Sorry. <laughs> no, it was definitely it was definitely rough for him. Um. Yeah, no, it was a great win by Dos Santos. It definitely was a big booster in momentum for yeah. him. I was, I was definitely, definitely excited to see him be able to do what he was doing. So let's right, move right, up, right. right? So we're going to talk totally about... Totally agree. Let's talk about the main event. We got a couple minutes for this, so we're going to get into it. Derek Lewis versus Junior Dos Santos, right? Uh, this was a KO victory this by fight. Dos Santos in the second round. Total strike difference, 7 of 25... For 28%, 29 of 55 for 52.7%. This is what's massive about this fight, right? The lack of throwing that happened in that round by Derek Lewis. Now, I don't know what it is with Derek Lewis. He seems to, like, come out on fire in the first round. But come the second round, he's just not there. He he's And it's not that, it's not that he's always gassed, because sometimes it is because he's gassed. But... His back situation has got to get, got to get resolved, man. Like I don't yeah. know if he's still fucked up from it or what's going on. Um, I know like he's a very humble man. At least that's how I, right, I see it. I know that he just recently bought like, he bought a Lamborghini for uh, recently because it was a childhood dream of his to own one, and it just happens to be in the color black because you know the black beast is that's what he does. So. Big thing for Derek, though, man, which was really, really cool. It, like I said, he's a humble individual, but the one problem I have with him is that he has so much ability, so much untapped ability, and it's it's he's never going to reach it. He's not going to – he's not striving for it. Like, he, he's even joking yeah. about it in different fights where he's like, if I win the heavyweight title, uh, this division is fucked. And you're like, well, wait a minute. Yeah. Like, dude, it's, that's not – you don't it's even disappointing. Yeah, it's disappointing because Derek has – raw striking power which is really hard because the thing is is some people can train to try to be good as a striker but there are some people that just naturally have a good wallop behind the punch lewis is one of them and you saw that because like and for for those that didn't watch the fight there was a couple shots that that junior got like that one body shot that he got him, I think that was the <clears throat> the beginning of the second round. Because when Junior got him, you saw Lewis kind of like do the, you know, the, the, the hunch over. But then he popped back up and almost got JDS really hard. You knew if he connected, that could have been something hard. And that's the shit where I go, damn it, Derek, if you could figure out how to put something together with that, you, you would be unstoppable, but for some reason, it's like he doesn't give a fuck enough. It's right. like he just gives a, he gives enough fucks to be where he's at to get enough shots close enough to the title, but he never wants to stay totally in the title shot, which really is frustrating because you'll have Dana waste, he'll waste his money on Derek doing a higher up fights like that. Or someone like Stipe don't get some shots, which is frustrating to me because I know Stipe isn't a 
a big draw. But if you're going to waste your money, at least waste your money on someone that might actually fight. You know yeah. what I mean? At least if you're going to toss your cash somewhere, Derek's not going to give you as much as you might get out of another fight with somebody else. Not even just Stipe. There's other fighters out there that you might be able to toss your cash at that will give you a better fight. It's not that I don't like Derek. I just feel like he doesn't care anymore. And I'm like, come on. Come on, Derek. I really like you. Can you give a little bit more Fox, please? Please. Or if you're not, can you just straight up tell everybody I'm done? If you're half in and half out, you got to let some people know. Because that's a detriment to your freaking division. It's not good for any division if, if you have anybody half in, half out. If that's the reason why he's not putting as much effort in, is because he's half in and half out, that needs to be get decided real quick. Because it ain't good for him or anybody else. Yeah. No, I 100% agree with you. That's just not... It's not good. And you can just... You can damage so much about it's your, not safe yeah it's definitely safe and we've we've talked about it numerous times on the show where yeah. if your heart's not that's, in that's, that's always been our thing about half in half out is the safety of it too so yep. it's it's a waste of money it's a safety thing it's just a whole bunch of fucking mess when half in and half out happens so yeah. god willing he figure out what he wants to do are you a fucking ufc fighter or are you just there to fucking be there yeah. figure it out that's you know that's the thing. Well, we see that with BJ Penn. We talk about it all the time. Like if you're if you're not yeah, in it, oh, in BJ it. Penn's like an entire. You can do an entire podcast around BJ Penn. Yo, like that could be a special. Like so true. We might have to do that one time. Yeah, so, you know what? It might be one. <laughs> so Derek, you know we love you, man. But if you're only in it to try to collect a paycheck, man, get out because you're gonna hurt yourself yeah. in the end, and we're. We're going to be like, yeah, we saw this coming a mile away. So with all due respect, yeah. do what you do. Um, so Yeah, said, it's, it's not because we hate you, bitch. It's because we don't want you to get hurt for no reason. We want you to be able to live a long time with not CTE. Thank yeah. You. So we're going to move on. Right. Enough of this all right. sad stuff. Boom. UFC Fight Night 147. This first fight. This fucking. What? Yeah. The best fight ever <laughs> i have to i i'm gonna have to put this fight and, and make sure i really mark it as one of my favorite fights of 2019 that is probably not gonna get mentioned let's be real so we had jack marshman versus john phillips um this was a decision it was by split uh the winner was jack marshman uh 28 29 29 28 29 28 the total strike difference for this was 31 to 149 uh 39 of 149 for 20.8%, 35 of 99 for 35.4%. What makes this fight so interesting and what made this fight so awesome was Jack Marshman was hurt in the first round, got dropped, was out of it. I, I don't know if he even knew right. that he was out. Like, he just, I'm sure he got punched. He went down, lights went out. He just was just fighting out of instinct. And in the second round, he may have come to maybe probably somewhere in the second round, like, oh yeah, I'm in a fight, by the way. Um, but God bless, man, that punch that Phillips landed dropped Marshman so hard. And I was like, yo, he right. fucked. But he got up, he kept battling on, he kept fighting through it. So shout out to that man, Jack Marshman. Well we salute you. That fight was that that fight in general for him was interesting because he also got in trouble with the British military for going to that fight. He got actually a formal warning 
from the British Army for fighting at UFC London. He he wasn't given the clearance about it, but he said, "Cause fucking, I'm leaving already. I've been where he's been. He's been with the British military for like I think 12 years. I want to say so. He's on his way out anyways. But yeah, they issued a formal warning for him doing that fight anyway. So I'm glad he won. You know what I mean? If you're gonna get in trouble, might as well make sure you win doing it. Right. You know, <laughs> so. Well, Kudos to you, Marshman. You in trouble, but at least you at least you won your shit. I was like, you know, he he probably gonna go out on his shield anyway, so he literally almost yeah, went out on his it. shield. <laughs> yeah. So get it, yo. Now we're gonna move over. Uh, we'll move up a fight. Um, if you guys have not checked out that Josh that Jack Marshman fight, please, please, please go watch that fight. That fight by far yep. was one of those fights that you're just you're gonna be truly thankful that we we recommended that fight for you guys uh it's good shit we had uh danny roberts versus claudia seville uh silva seville uh so uh, claudio silva uh this was the submission by third round uh it was an arm bar silva definitely had this fight dominated i don't care what anybody says when you score three takedowns out of five for 60 percent and you yeah. have four submission attempts, you're going to get one. One's going to stick. And it did. And yeah. it was a big, big win for Silva. Uh, definitely put himself on the map for this. And like I said, it was by armbar. So big ups uh, for you, Silva. Thank you for what you do. I'm that digging the amazing. welterweights. I've yeah. been digging the welterweights as of late. There's a lot of people in there that are just really underrated and, you know, there's both of, of I think you know both of them did good and I, I you know obviously obviously Claudio did better but like they I, I I see fights like this and I'm like you know I'm glad that people can remind the fans that there's other fighters in every division and it's moments like that where you see that and you're like oh yeah hey by by the way the welterweights are a good division we yeah, don't need one star fighter for each fucking thing. Well, it's funny because like it's it's something that Anthony and I talk about. We've talked about it numerous times on this podcast. Um, it's like so fight cards like the UFC Fight Night are like great to watch. Mm-hmm. Like I know a lot of people are out there yeah. and they're like, "No, I'm not watching it. There's no big names on it. It's gonna be a trash card." But then like you get these one or two little gems that are in almost every fight card, and you're like, "God bless Dana." Like I know you didn't well- plan for this, but thank goodness this happened. Right. I also feel like as a as a fight fan, you deprive yourself of not only like fights, but you deprive yourself of seeing people from their beginning. Because there are some people where it's like, oh, no, I clearly remember you when you you made your debut and when you, you know, when you first got your title shot and when you defended and like how many times. So you also know the story of that fighter and and you get to see who's coming up so you can go, oh, hey, you know what's going to be interesting when so-and-so who I saw in a fight card goes for that top 10 rating and they'll, you know, bantamweight or whatever the fuck division. It gives you a chance to see what the future really has to hold. I think when people are like, I don't want to watch it, they're just pretty much going, I'm a Fairweather fan that only gives a shit about maybe half a, th- a quarter of the roster because Dana White told me to. That's pretty much what it sounds like to me. And now those are the fans where I go, okay, you're the woo girl at every UFC event. You get half drunk and you don't give a shit, and you're probably the ones that boo when grappling happens. So, 
to you, you know? You know, it's so I, funny. It, it's funny you bring that up because mm-hmm. I remember I was at a UFC event with a bunch of my friends and uh, Chris Weidman versus Yoel Romero uh, was coming up. Oh. And everybody there was like, Cliff, who are you going to take in this fight? I was like, I'm taking Yoel. And everybody was like, what? No, Chris Weidman, man, blah, 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 blah. And then they showed Chris Weidman on the screen, right? And he was like warming up and like, yeah, that's our dude. Then they showed Yoel. And I'm telling you right now, there were seven of us watching that fight. Six of those guys were going for Weedman. Once Yoel popped on, four of those guys switched over. <laughs> it was like, no, we're going to go with Yoel. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm taking that dude. <laughs> I right. Like, you guys. I, I always giggle at that shit. I mean, I have that in other sports, you know, like I, you know, uh, Hockey is a great example. Like I've, I've been watching the Red Wings my entire life, and I always giggle at the ones that like they remember that the uh, that the Red Wings exist when they have Stanley Cup going, but when they don't, it when they don't have anything going for them, like. <sighs> so I, that's what it reminds me of when these people are like, "Oh, they'll watch when Conor McGregor's fighting," and they're like, "Oh, I'm a huge UFC fan." But if you bring up like who Dominic Reyes, they're like, "Who?" Yeah, what? It, oh, okay, yeah, exactly. You don't know anything, and I don't mean that you have to remember all these fighters' names, but at least, like, try to give other people a chance. You know, you're probably the same people that eat, like, you know, chicken every night for the fucking week, you know? Get some goddamn hey. flavor in your life, bitches. No, I, I season my chicken. I don't, I don't have time to eat Yeah, but you, see, that's the, you season your chicken. That's the difference. The problem is when you eat plain-ass <laughs> chicken. All right, Just saying, <laughs> but yeah. Speaking of plain ass chicken, we're get some diversity in your fight game, you bitches. <laughs> so we're gonna go up and we're gonna talk about uh, Nathaniel Wood uh, versus Jose Alberto uh, Quinez. Oh yeah, this was good. Yeah, great, great fight. Second submission. Uh, so submission, second round. Uh, big, big thing to talk about here, right? The takedown game was pretty fair. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not going to say it was great. You know, uh, two out of three, 66% for uh, Nathaniel Woods, whereas uh, Jose had one out of four for 25%. But it wasn't like there was, like, a dominant control. Like, when they guys were both up, like, they were looking for those takedowns because they knew they can get it. But it was Nathaniel Wood that did come up with, um, I think it was, like, a rear naked choke. I think that's what it was for the submission victory. Uh, yep, rear naked choke mm-hmm. in a phantom weight. So, big, big win for Thanani Woods. It definitely puts him in, in a good position. Because, um, I mean, that division, I feel that we, we talk about how great the welterweight division is right now, but the bantamweight division, like, needs to load up oh, a lot oh, yeah. of talent. So, it's just funny how we oh, talk yeah. about one, but the other, the other division is, is suffering. So, it's good that Wood was able to establish himself as a top contender in that in that division um, right. for the title against Ahudo. I think right now is the season of a lot of people trying to establish some names because they're seeing more and more fighters either fall off, retire, or fake retire. <coughs> McGregor. <laughs> um, so, you know, like, they want to make a name for them fucking selves, so tis the season. We're getting ready to go into the summer season of fighting, and it's a great it's a great time if you want to get your name. But to me, personally, I feel like, Summer fighting season works well because it's the time for barbecues and stuff like that. So people watch, they get together. So people watch more fights. So, hey, if you want to start getting your name into more of these fights down the end of the road these couple months, start pushing your your shit out now. So I'm excited. I'm excited. Speaking of exciting fights and speaking of not mm-hmm. knowing certain people's names and probably should know those names, 
Uh, Vulcan Ozdemir versus Dominic Reyes. Uh, decision, split decision, yep. 28-29, 29-28, 29-28. Let's talk about the strike difference, right? Uh, 48 of yep. 112 for Vulcan, uh, 42.9%. Dominic Reyes, 47 of 124, 37.9. I'm going to be honest. I actually had this fight two rounds to one Vulcan, and I felt like he definitely deserved that win. Um, cause I felt like he was being a more aggressor in the fight. I think Dominic. You weren't the only to, one. Yeah, you I weren't like, the only one. And that's that's like the issue that I have with like judges, because like judges, you know, I mean, it's like I don't know. Sometimes they just see the way they're they're, they're recording it. Um, and I know, I know, like I think it was the second round where I felt like Vulcan was really kind of more the dominator in that fight. Um, but right. It's just it's so funny to see how how contrast it was because I think it, even Dana said he had Vulcan winning that fight, but it's just. But what's even crazier is look how far Vulcan has fallen since losing to DC. Because right. he lost to Anthony Smith. And then he loses to Dominic Reyes. So it's like, oh my god. Like, DC yeah. beat you and it said go back to the mid cards. And now you're not even in the mid card. You're kind of like in the lower right. card. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I did feel bad for Vulcan though because I do agree that he did have more uh going for him in that fight and probably i think if you had maybe a different set of judges like if this would have been in a different state with a different set of judges or whatever uh he might have actually pulled that out over dominic because of scoring but like they say if you don't want a chance man don't leave them motherfuckers don't leave them to the judges they will not be your friend they're not your friends never leave the judges kick him in the face kick him in the face or something well, especially well, Vulcan. Don't leave him like, the judges. Vulcan has like great uh, short elbows. Like he could just yeah. from zero to sixty across somebody's chin in no time, and it's right. You know, it's an amazing thing to watch. But jeez, Louise, man, that guy, man, he's got to get back on the ball. Like I wish, I hope for yeah. him to get back on the ball because he really needs to get that momentum back up and and get moving and get this victory back against Dominic Reyes because because it was controversial. Right. And I definitely, like I said, yeah. we, we both agree. Hopefully, this won. is the fire. Hopefully yeah. this is the fire. Sometimes it takes a little bit of shit like this where it's like, oh no, uh, I I I lost again after losing to DC and then Smith and then this and I should have won this. I need to make it more clear to the judges. Let me let me crisp up my game. Hopefully that's the message that he took out of this. I ain't gonna you know expect it because I you know things are crazy nowadays in the fight game, so I don't expect shit. But hopefully that's the lesson that he took personally so he can, you know, tweak up what he needs to tweak. Because if he were to be able to get, it, it, you know, if just a couple more things were a little bit more tweaked up, who knows? He maybe may, might have been able to make it clear to the judges, like, no, that round was mine, not yep. Dominic's. Right. So hopefully that's what comes from this. It, sometimes it's a little bit of a lesson. So hopefully this little bit of a dip is like a, a just a Dip to go up. You know how they say, in ro- you know, like with roller coasters, sometimes you do the little dip and then you go to the big hill. Hopefully that's it. You know, hopefully he's on a big rise. Speaking of, guys who need to establish themselves as a killer again, right? Uh, Leon Edwards versus Gunnar Jackson. This was split yes. decision. 29-27, 29-28, 29 Yeah, that's what I said. You know what I said? Or I say Jackson. Nelson. You said Gunnar Jackson. Oh, That's man. why I was like Gunnar yeah, Nelson. Gunner, Gunner Nelson. <laughs> Gunnar Jackson was a kid I knew in high school. I don't even know why that came up. Anyway, so Gunnar Nelson. That's who we're talking about. 
Uh, 29, 27, 29, yeah. 28. Uh, Hi, other gunner, though. <laughs> um, so here we go. So Leon Edwards with the strike total strikes, right? 47 of 69 for 68.1%, whereas Gunner had yeah. 27 of 38 for 71.1%. The crazy part I felt about this fight was that Leon, while Leon was landing more strike or attempting more strikes, he was he was swaying a lot. Like he wasn't. I didn't feel like he was controlling the fight, and maybe because that's you know credits to to Gunner to you know sway and move out the way. I definitely felt Gunner had won the second round. Um, I think I thought I had him winning the, the third round. I know he lost the first round because it was definitely a more uh, dominant presence by Edwards in that in that first round. If I right. if I remember, it was like. The first or the third round, I felt like Leon came out really, really strong, and he was setting the tempo for the fight. Where it's Most like, strikes. Yeah. His strikes. Straight up. Gunner wasn't throwing as much. Like, he was trying to take it to the ground. I mean, you know, that's – take it to where you feel comfortable, but Leon was throwing more, and that will do it. Like, again, with the, if you're going to the judges, just – even if you're just slightly touching their face – you're touching their face, and that's going to gain you a couple points, you know, even if it doesn't do that much damage. Toss it. Well, if it lands, it lands, and it gets you. It gets you more in the eyes of the judges. That's how that works. There was a. That's round, what he was doing. There was a round where Gunner. I think Gunner got knocked down. It was a ten-eight round. Uh, or, uh wasn't that the second? I could be wrong. Hold on. I can't. Let me look at my notes. I, I'm pretty sure. Like a It's one of the random rounds. You know, he he got touched and it dropped him. He had to get back up to fight. Um, but he established yeah. himself pretty well. Um, but they did score a 10-8, 10-8 towards Leon. And then Leon, I, f- I don't remember how, I, I think it was pretty sure Leon dropped. Uh, well, not Leon. Gunner ended up like fighting back in the second round. I know he had a, he ended up 10-9-ing, the, I think it was the third round. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Just not 100%. This is what happens when we just wait like two, three weeks to record a show. <laughs> yeah. Shit happens. But you know Same the big part too. Something else that we didn't talk too about. Um, takedowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, two or three. Sixty-six point seven percent on the takedown yeah. side, where Gunner actually was three or four for seventy-five percent. See, and I kind of felt like Gunner. That's what I, I was... did. I did. I did remember that Gunner was controlling that fight a lot, and he did get dropped. Yeah. Uh, but he did. He was pretty handily. When, I know he. I think it was the first round he was right. winning pretty handily. Second round he got dropped. Third round he came back and was fighting that's, really well, but they didn't give him the round. I think that's exactly how. The yeah, that's happened. what I was meaning about uh, the whole about getting him on the ground and shit like that. You know, get to where you feel comfortable. But Leon just Leon because Leon was tossing more animus with his striking and just significant strikes on top of it. It was. It's gonna pull you ahead, and that's what it did. Yep. I mean, he didn't do he. Yeah. That's that's pretty much it. If you're gonna toss more, because like if even when you look at it, I think I think mean, was it ha- almost half of total strikes is what Gunner threw compared to Leon. That's not helpful. No, <laughs> that's not helpful. Well, Leon so, landed more strikes than Gunner threw. That's like the crazier part. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's the crazy shit. So so it was like kudos to Leon. If you again, if you're gonna get it. Yeah. It's that little doing the work. Toss your arms out, land some shit. Yeah, so great. It was a great so, job for Leon. By the way, we don't want to take anything from Leon. Yeah. We definitely, you know, it was a great fight for great plan, great fight plan. Was able to, you know, obviously come out with the W. So moving on, we're gonna have to talk about this fight too because uh, I know a lot of people who are pissed 
at this fight. Darren Till <laughs> versus Jorge Masvidal. Uh, it was I laughed. Second round. I laughed so fucking hard at the results of this fight. Yo, let's talk about this. Total strikes, right? 22 of 44 for Darren Till. Uh, 50%. 41 of 79 for 51.9% uh, for uh, uh, Masvidal. The crazy thing about this, I don't even want to talk about this fight in particular, right? Because obviously Darren Till, he got kissed uh, by uh, Masvidal's fist, went to sleep. It is what it is. Yeah. It's what happened after the fight, during the interview, that I really kind of want to yeah. dive into, right? <laughs> as soon as I mentioned it, you're like, yep. This is this is for real. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. This shit got nuts. <laughs> the Yo, moment the bell rung after Masvidal won, it just went downhill from there. Yeah, and then Masvidal's doing the interview, and who who called him out? Was it was it Edwards? Somebody somebody was talking trash yeah. to him. So yeah, they were talking trash to him during the interview, and they weren't letting Masvidal finish. So Masvidal finally just said, "All right." Well, I'm going to go over there. I'm going to say something. And he did. They started having words back and forth. And then just all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you see Masvidal land a mean-looking two-piece bare knuckle uh, to the face of Leon. And, or, yeah, to Edwards. And Edwards just, he didn't have a response. They separated him immediately after he got kissed twice by uh, Masvidal's fist. Uh, It was, yo, it was maddening. And I was like, I, I know a huge suspension is going to be coming down for Masvidal because of it. And there hasn't been anything really talked about yet, so I'm just kind nope. of curious. You know what? You know what happened instead? He got announced to fight Ben Askren on July 6th at UFC 239, so I don't think he's getting suspended or anything. I can't wait to see that fight. I know that July got... 6 is, yeah. July 6th is so far away, I want so that close. Shit. I'm so high. I know. I know. <laughs> Summer needs to fucking speed its ass up so I can watch more fighting. Yes, sons of bitches. Man, we have so. Yeah, but yeah, Darren Darren Till went sleeping. This is the if this makes sense. My my real quick up about Darren Till. He cracks me up because I don't mind him as a fighter, but there's a lot of times where he's like, yip 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 yip. I'm gonna win. Yip 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 yip. Well, boom, loses and loses somehow devastatingly. With Woodley, his face, you know, his head got cranked into his body and he looked like a fucking clay doll into itself and with Masvidal he went to sleep I'm like this dude come on at this least, was after at he least... beat Steven, Steven Wonderboy which was yeah crazy. but even but I mean that fight was meh I mean it wasn't it wasn't like devastating like it wasn't like a, oh, oh, oh my god Darren Till's the best fighter on the planet I don't mind Till but I kind of giggle like every time he talks shit it's like there's a couple fights where he talks shit and he just it's it he gets taken out in the funniest fucking fashions either sleep or a crank and it's hilarious to me yep i also love how thick his fucking accent is too his cockney accent cracks me <laughs> all right you can't understand him and i'm like you remind me of family oh my god <laughs> so, so here we go 148 ufc fight night 148 Again, like I yes. said, guys, for you guys who are just kind of jumping into the middle of the podcast and you guys haven't heard, we're just really covering the main card of fights um, here in the future. We're going to cover uh, UFC 236 in its entirety, so you guys don't have to worry about that. Just this one, because we're so far behind, we have to pick up like where we're, where we're at. So, uh, Macy Barber versus J.J. Aldrich. KO, second round. 
Oh my god. Total no. Let's let's talk about the total strikes, right? Because it's gonna sound crazy, but you don't see these kind of numbers from a female, right? So fifty nine of one fifteen. Fifty nine of one fifteen for fifty one point three percent from Macy Barber. Uh twenty eight out of eighty eight. Again, this is coming from uh UFC.com. Uh, 28 of 88 for 31.8 percent for JJ Aldrich. Macy, okay, so I, I let me caveat this back. Very few fighters throw as many punches as what Macy Barber did in this fight, and you can find those. Yeah. You can find those. You probably can name three of them right off the top of your head, right? Amanda Nunes, uh, Johan uh, Jajeski, and um, probably like Holly Holmes, right? Or Chris Cyborg. Um, for just a couple right. of examples, you just don't see that from someone who just comes in off, you know, comes into the, to the octagon and just like, Hey, I'm ready to throw down. And they did. And shout well, out to Barbara yeah, I, for that. Right. Like I, 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 cause I actually, I like, I, I don't mind Barbara. I actually like JJ Aldridge. So I was kind of, I'm like, Oh, okay. She's fine. And then I saw Macy come out and I'm like, JJ, you gonna lose girl. You gonna fucking lose. She wants to punch your head off your shoulders. And she fucking did. Hey, I was watching her come up. Macy came to work. She that's that's how you do it. If you yeah. want and that's the thing is I like seeing some of these fight these females coming out doing more numbers in the striking game. Cause like don't get me wrong, I like a lot of the you know, I, I don't mind the girls that can get in the submission game and blah blah blah. But I love female strikers. It's I mean, if a girl can get in there and punch her dome off, and she's come and 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 even like like you're saying the the amount of strikes. If you can throw a lot of strikes too, so if it's just a litany of shit coming at you, and then one connects and you're sleeping, oh oh, please bring me some of that. I would love to see more of that. I don't see that being. I I, I see I see like the women flyaway being one of those. And that division, that I think that's going to be the division where we get it at. We're going to get somebody that's because she's small, she figures out her speed, and if she can figure out her power behind it, ooh, ooh, I want that. I want that. I, I, I feel like we can get that out of a female. Someone that can get her, get her striking game up and just make a flurry and then bam. Oh, so Macy, if you're going to be that person, please. Be that person. Please be that person. Please. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, yeah, and Macy, you're right. It's like Macy went home. She ate her, you know, she woke up the next morning. She ate her Wheaties. And then she, like, listened to, like, some random some random band that has, like, the word, like, just murder in it. You know, like, kill, switch, engage. Or she listened to something that just got her to the right. moment where she's like, someone's about to die tonight. And then Rob Zombie was playing in her headphones as she's like walking out, and she right. just, she just murdered JJ. And God bless JJ. Thank you for you just taking that fight. So let's move up, right? Right. <laughs> Lewis Lewis Pena versus Steven Peterson. This was by decision. All three judges saw this thirty twenty seven for Lewis Pena. Uh, it was a great great win for him. Uh, sixty six of one twenty seven for fifty two percent. Fifty seven of one hundred nine for fifty two. Uh, 52.3%. Um, it wasn't really that kind of controversial. It was uh, Lewis was controlling the fight. No. He was landing the punches. He, he just yeah. dominated all three. Peterson three did rounds. try to get him down a few times, though. He did. He did. Land, he did try to do a few takedowns. He did try to do a few takedowns, Peterson. So, Meh. good on I'm trying to flex. try to at least get him into where he felt comfortable. 
You know? Yeah, it looked like... Lewis had him on striking. Yeah, but it looked like... It looked like Steven was trying to throw down... He was throwing takedowns like Conor McGregor does. Yeah. Like, just half-heartedly, just to make it look like he's trying to wrestle. And I just... I don't want to say anything wrong. Yeah. Him. I just... Yeah. That's how I saw it. I wonder... Like I would say, I wonder, though, if it was more of, like, that's where he felt more comfortable when he realized he just couldn't... He couldn't outstrike Pena. Because you could tell Lewis, Lewis had, had him on striking. I think it was, like... I want to say halfway through the second is where I was, like... Oh, Peterson doesn't have this as far as stand-up, so that's where I'm more thinking of why he kept throwing it to the ground. At least tried to get him somewhere he felt like maybe he had him more comfortably, you know? Yep. I wonder if that's what his, his plan was. But who knows? It could. Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face, so, you know, that's who knows? Is. You ever just look at someone you're like, I, I'm never going to learn anything from them, and then they say something to you, and you're like, God damn, that's right. Mike Tyson said that shit. Yeah. Like, he said, everybody's got a plan to get punched in the mouth. And you're like, yep. yeah, how did, how did I learn something it's, from Tyson? It's so good. It's one <laughs> of the best ones out there. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Tyson's got his fucking past, but he still has a history of no one uh, being in the in the damn ring and shit. So he at least can contribute on that, that right. confront. So if he's going to tell me about... Something in that realm, I'm probably going to listen. So let's get over, speaking of listening to people, Juicy Air for Minga versus Divison uh, uh, Figueredo. Uh, this was the decision, unanimous, 30-27, 29-28, uh, all for the winner of Juicy Air. Uh, 51 of 78 for 65.4%, 41 of 80 for 51.3%. If you're wondering to yourself, yes, again, it was just one man. Dominating another man in pretty much all yep. aspects of the fight. So, shout out to the big win there. We can uh kind of actually this kind of fight is cart we can kind of move through, which is kind of cool. Uh, John Madadeski versus uh uh Jesus uh Pindo 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 Pinedo 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 Pinado No Pinedo. Just kidding. Uh, decision unanimous 28. Uh, 75 of 139 for 54%. Uh, 37 of 114 for 32.5% for Jesus. So there you go. Jesus Jesus was landing some strikes, but not as many as what John was. Right. was just weird, I would say it like that. Jesus <laughs> tried, but he did not John, win. John baptized Jesus with the punches. <laughs> Jesus versus John. It's a biblical fight, yo. Someone's going to get mad at me for this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You know, sorry guys, we're going to hell. I apologize. Uh, all right, so now we can kind of move on to this next fight, which I'm gonna—I'm not gonna lie, I was very disappointed in a certain fighter, uh, Curtis Blades versus Justin Willis. This was decision 30-27, 30-26, 30-25. Seventy-nine of yes, uh, seventy-two of ninety for eighty percent for Curtis Blades. Uh, 9 of 16 for 56.3% for Justin Willis. So if you're wondering what fighter I got disappointed in, Justin Willis is that guy. Uh, he he did a, not yo, fucking show up to that fight at all. I was like, who the fuck is this guy? I who was yelling at my TV. <laughs> I was. I was mad. I was like, who the fuck? Who the fuck let this guy into the octagon? This is not. I not know. Willis. 
You know, it's just it was just. I know I was a little disappointed because I don't mind him as a fighter. I don't mind watching him in the octagon. So I don't know what if it was the crowd. Maybe it's because he was the co-main. I don't know if he got in his head about it, but like. I expected a better turnout against Blades because, like, I didn't. I Blades obviously put in work. It's in business as usual. Anytime I see Blades go into the octagon, even if he's against somebody that, whether or not they're going to put their A or C game on, he at least tries to, you know, win or at least whatever. But Justin, I was fucking really fucking disappointed with. I did not understand what his game plan was. Just kind of stand there, move around, look like the. He looked like the little tube man, you know, like uh, Bailey from the WWE. He just let me stand there and move around so I don't get hit. I mean, I don't know what he was doing, but it wasn't fighting. And it was really disappointing. Justin's game plan going into the fight was to block all of Curtis's punches with his face. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) You know, I don't mind if people try to eat some punches because that's not a horrible game plan. I know some people are going to be like, what? It's not a horrible game plan if you know you have a freaking concrete block of a dome. If you know you can take some punches and you can eat like one or two to then maybe land a good one on a jaw to put the other person to sleep, that's okay. But that's not what was going on at all. He was just like, oh, by the way, hey, I have a face. Isn't it punchable? Let's go. Punch my face. Yeah. Punch my oh. face as much as you can. Chris. Gain a couple more points in this. Curtis. I was really did I was I I totally agree about Justin. I was really pissed off. I was screaming at my TV. I expected a lot more out of him. Yeah, but and that's the crazy part is like Curtis landed four or he landed four times as many punches as what Justin threw. Like that's insane to me to think about, man. Like you literally seventy what that's twelve times. You you threw nine punches. And he landed seventy-two. That's twelve times, twelve times more than you landed. That's incredible. That means you're not trying. So maybe yeah. you should, you know, get yourself checked out. Go to a sports psychologist. Ask them what happened to you in that fight. Because God forbid you have like another performance like that again. You're not even gonna be in the UFC, my dude. You might be right? like fucking. If it's a gym problem, switch your gyms up. That has saved a lot of fighters in the past. Mm-hmm. If it's something that your coaches in your corner are not doing you right, then you better look around and shop about, shop around because that has saved some other fighters back in the past. Even though it caused a controversy, I mean, there's been some fighters that have left other big-name gyms to go to a different one, and it made them a better fighter. So if that's it, reeval on that one. Speaking but you need to do people. something because that was nothing. I don't know what that was. It wasn't fighting. No. Speaking of people who need to be saved, probably go to another gym. Steven Wonderboy Thompson versus Anthony Showtime Pettis. This fight ended oh, in the second Jesus. round with one of the most. I, how am I going to say this? Like without sounding stupid. And I, I'm gonna. I don't care. One of the most beautifulest punches in the entire fucking world. Oh my God! No, I agree with that sentiment. <laughs> I agree with that sentiment. I agree with that. That's so a good word for it. Let's get into the numbers really quick. Uh, forty-seven <sighs> of one hundred seven, forty-three point nine percent for Stephen Thompson, thirty-five of fifty-five for fifty-eight point two percent. This is something where we go back to. It's not necessarily how much you throw; it's just when you throw. 
you know, uh, Anthony Pettis was getting backed up into the cage. He kept, there was a lot of good shots landed by Steven Thompson. Let me put that out there first. Like, he was landing incredibly. Oh, yeah. But. He clipped, he clipped Pettis a few good times oh, yeah. that, that it could have it done him some good if this would have went the whole time. Yep. But then, you know, Pettis got backed up to the cage. He did a, it, everybody keeps calling it a Superman punch, right? And that would have, that would have lead to the fact that you got hit with a straight, but he didn't. It was, I want to call it a Superman hook because that's exactly what he yeah. did was the right hook. It was a little bit. Yeah, I agree. It wasn't as straight on. Poor, but poor Steven regardless. never saw it coming. He looked for that move and he, you could just see like as, as Pettis was coming around, Steven saw it, his eyes just opened up, got clicked, and then he went out. <laughs> Dog, when he was on the, like, so when Pettis clipped him and Wonder Boy goes down, then, you know, Pettis, because as per usual, when you knock somebody down, you do the one, two shots to try to, you know, wait until the ref literally throws you off of him. So when you see freaking Herb jump and do the toss off of him, and you're seeing Wonder Boy do that slow lift up from the from the mat of like what the fuck just happened, I saw that and I was like, oh, oh, my boy has no idea what just happened. You better get the doctor in there now. He was sleeping. I felt bad. I don't think. And the the thing that I've noticed too is he. I think I remember what what outlet it was but he was talking to some outlet I, I saw and he was saying that was one of that was one of the hardest time like not the hardest time he's been hit harder but it was one of the ones where like it came out of nowhere he had no idea what happened like well, it just takes that just takes the one steven was out for like a good five minutes like he he may have been like out probably like two and a half minutes maybe at most but he was not moving. Like, they announced that he won and everything. He was still, like, sitting in a chair like, dog, what? Just Dude, you don't. <laughs> you can see, like. Yeah, you, you, you. Speaking as someone that's been hit in the, in the head, I'm telling you, like, you can wake up from that. But there's, like, a good chunk of time where you almost feel like you're floating and you're doing the motions of being a human. But that's not you. It's literally autopilot at this moment. Yep. It's autopilot. Your body goes, you walk now. You walk now and say yes. And then just go sit down and don't move. Like, <laughs> it, it's straight up not you. Like, if someone were to, like, after my head injury, if someone were to talk to me after that time period, nothing. I would have retained absolutely not a damn thing from that conversation. They'd be like, oh, I asked you if you got nothing. Nope. Sorry. I literally just autopiloted my ass to sit the fuck down. So, I mean, it doesn't shock me if he looked like Glazed Dover and literally doesn't remember anything. Because it oh. does it. it sh he was, he, lights out, shut off, nobody home. That's Damn. what happened. Sorry, Steven. Yep. Sorry. So let's move over, right? We're going to talk about the fight that happened last night. This would be March oh. 30th, right? So we had That's fresh in my mind. Yeah. UFC on ESPN. I just watched it. <laughs> So we had uh, Sodic versus Sodic Yusuf versus uh, Shema Mores. Uh Great fight decision, uh, unanimous 29-27, 29-27, 29-28. I believe was uh, the scorecard for it. Uh, total strikes: ninety-nine of one seventy-seven for fifty-five point nine percent for Yusuf. Uh, Fifty-eight of one twenty-two for forty-seven and forty-seven and a half percent uh, for Shaman. And I felt Yusuf 
pretty con- controlled this fight really, really well just throughout the throughout yeah. the whole everywhere in Octagon, whether they're in the center ring, they move to the outside, they were trying to move up, just all around the whole Octagon, man. Like just Yusuf I like Yusuf. Letting, yeah. Yusuf wasn't letting Moraz get away from anywhere. He was like Moraz was in his sight, kept him in his range, just landed multiple times. Right. It was it was a great fight. Right, I want I want to see more of him. I know he's uh he's part of the new Nigerian coming up because there's a lot more of the Nigerian fighters because then uh, the next fight after this was another Nigerian fighter. So hey, get it, get it. I, I enjoy him. I thought it was fun. I thought he put a lot of work in. Um, I and and I know that he was looking to get a W over Mariah. So good job achieving your achieving your goal, yo. Yeah, no doubt. So let's move over here, right? Kennedy, uh, versus Paul Craig, uh, submission, third round victory for Paul Craig. That's not even what we're going to talk about. Uh, total strikes 4780 for 58.8% for Kennedy, Paul 31 of 83 for 37.3%. Kennedy was winning this fight. This fight, had it gone to decision, it would have been 3 0, 30 27. All all oh, those yeah. rounds would have gone to Kennedy without any problem. The f- problem was is that Kennedy won is an experience on top. There it was clear as day. Oh. Once Paul yeah. was able to move him into a different uh, into side mount, that was it. Yo, he put him on side yeah. mount. He flipped him, and then yo, just the craziest fucking um oh the craziest choke the choke, and then you could see. From the, I think it was from the armbar. Um, well, it was. It, it was funny armbar. because of. Well, it was funny because of the triangle. Because like you can see, like when when Paul went to go slap it in, you see Kennedy because you know when you throw both arms in, you can get out of it. Mm-hmm. And then Paul went for it again, and Kennedy didn't do it. Didn't do it a second time. Yep. He just let him put it on. Like, oh yeah, no, that's okay. You can put this on me so I can fucking lose. Yeah, like well, okay. if this makes sense, I agree with the commentators. There was moments in. That fight where you could tell the greenness of Kennedy, like the the him trying to gauge distance with his hands and not not putting his hands up, putting his hands out, and that eventually costing him a point because of gouging. Yeah. Uh, putting it, you know, grabbing onto the outside over top of the octagon, putting his fingers inside the cage. So, and I think that him getting caught the way he did was another example of. He's green. He's going to get better. This hopefully he can go back and look at this fight and go, this is what I did wrong. Technically, as far as the the grabbing, the, the, the hand stuff, this is what I did wrong as far as how I got myself caught. Let's pick up a different time. So hopefully this was a learning match for him too because he's, he, he was good. He was yeah. good. The little shit that he got himself with was literally just seemed like inexperience. No That's doubt. all it seemed like, straight up. I've never felt, I've never dealt with this particular situation before, so. Yeah, he got put in a lot of different positions that he wasn't comfortable with, but it worked out. I mean, like, yeah. I hope it's a learning, I hope it's a learn from him. Obviously, yeah. we always, we talk about it too, where you learn more from your losses than you do from your wins. So hopefully this was something he gets from. Um, Yo, can we call this next fight an upset? Like, would you call this an upset victory? Because I think I'm going to call it that. Uh, Carolina Kolowatskits. Uh, Kolo Watkins, damn. Sorry. Sorry, <laughs> Kolakevich. Um, versus. I believe it's it's Carolina Kolakevich is how they say it. I believe that's how I hear it. 
Yeah, I could I'm, be wrong and someone's gonna clock me, but you can suck the, my spirit dick. Car- so. Carolina, Carolina, another long Polish name. Um, versus yeah, Michelle, <laughs> versus Michelle Watterson. Uh, decision unanimous, thirty twenty seven. All for Michelle Michelle Watterson. Uh, this fight was seventy seven one forty one. Uh, fifty four percent of strikes landing for Carolina. Uh, Carolina. Uh, Michelle, 82 of 167, 449, uh, 49.1%. The bigger part was the takedown aspect. Uh, two of four for Michelle for 50%, where Carolina never even threw one. Uh, and that's where the fight was won. Um, the fight was won on the ground. Michelle was yeah. able to dominate, hold her down, and just kind of beat on Carolina. Uh, I really do like Carolina. I thought her fight with uh, Johan oh, yeah. uh, Jesse was amazing. Um, it was so cool to see like two Polish fighters, especially when they were in, they were representing the country and they were at the, they were in, I think they were in Poland talking about the fight, uh, with the prime minister. So it was definitely cool that they were able to do that since then. Carolina has been, uh, here and there whatsoever. Uh, but yeah, I do have to say Michelle Watson came out on fire for this fight and, uh, she looked good winning. Yeah, she did. So, you know, big shout outs to her. She got she got Carolina in that arm bar where I thought that I thought she was taking that home with her Ronda Rousey style. Yeah. Like I straight up. I thought when she her. slapped that fucking arm on her, like that bar on her, I was like, Oh, that's Michelle's arm now. That's Michelle's arm. Well we were <laughs> so, so good funny, on Michelle. Funny thing is, is I was watching this fight while we were recording Frank uh Frankensteiner. And right before we started recording, I literally told you I was like, I think she just dislocated her elbow. I really think yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah. I, I ended so up. Uh, I recorded. I recorded it so I could watch it before we started recording. And then, so when I was watching, I was like, "Fuck, he was right. Damn. Oh, <laughs> she a double jointed bitch or something. Damn. How did you survive that? Yep. So big, big, big shout. Yeah. Good job, Carolina. It's funny about Michelle Watterson is, uh, the other day I was actually someone's gonna make fun of me about this too. I was folding laundry. And I randomly uh, wanted to watch a bully beatdown. And that was the episode I picked. It was the one where Michelle Watterson debuted. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I was like, oh, I forgot that she was on the show. No, I didn't forget. I knew she right. was on the show. I purposely was looking for that episode. <laughs> mm. All right. So let's move up, right? Uh, Josh Emmett versus Michael Johnson. Uh, KO. Round three, total strikes, 22 of 87 for 25.3%, uh, 24 of 128 for 18.8%. If you're wondering who won this fight, Josh did, uh, with the greatest of love taps to Michael. Yo, right? <laughs> Man, Michael was out on his feet, just falling backwards. I was like, right? oh my god. It was yeah. funny, too, because I had to make a point to, like, watch it, too, because I knew it happened so quick. Cause it was like, oh, by the way, poof, that's for your face. Like, it happens out of nowhere. It's not, like, a big-ass lead-up to it. It's like, oh, by the way, poof, there's your face. Oh, you're sleeping now. Yep. Cool. He's Night. Kiss the knuckle. Ugh. Oh, Josh. I mean, he's just coming back from all the shit with his uh his injury. He's fighting still injured because he has that, what is it, he might not get... What was it? Something about the last injury he got, he might not get feeling back and part of, like, by where his jaw is or something, by, like, yeah. his teeth area or some shit like that. Right. right. And, like, and that's a big decision. That's a really big decision to fight still while injured, something like that, because especially when it comes to 
feeling and nerves and stuff like that. Anything nerve or vision or anything like that where it could be a big deal and you're still going to fight, kudos. That's why I thought when anybody would be like, oh, Bisbing, I'd be like, oh, bitch, I give Bisbing a lot of fucking props for when he, the fighting the way that he did because of the, all the shit with his eye that he had to deal with. Anybody that has to deal with anything like that and still wants to get into the ring, kudos. So kudos to Josh for fighting with the injury. Speaking of Michael Bisping, didn't he? And just, kudos on the win. He just he just came back, right? He unretired. That's what he said the day that Connor retired. I'm just. Oh yeah, he was fake unretired, and when he was like, "Yeah, I unretire." I'm back. I love Bisping. He talks so much shit. <laughs> <laughs> that dude. All right, so um, moving up, right? Uh, this I think this was uh, my favorite fight, right? <laughs> of like, I was all the so sad. I wanted to watch this. I wanted to actually watch this. This fight, I wanted it to be long and great. <laughs> if you couldn't tell by my voice, folks, it was not that long. So, it's pretty dope, but it was not that long at all. So the fight that she's talking about, we're talking about David Branch versus Jack Hermanson. This was a submission first round, and we're going to talk about the total strikes. <sighs> One of six for 16.7%, three of 10 for 30%. But the bigger story of this was the takedowns, right? Zero takedowns for David, obviously, because he got taken down once uh, by Jack. One of two for 50%. And it was, oh, my God. <laughs> it was a brutal Dude. choke. <laughs> the guilty. Oh well, he was, like, the way he lined it out, too, we were watching it. The moment, the moment he sets it up inside, like, he gets his arm around. I'm like, Dave, what are you doing? Dave, what are you doing? No. Oh no, this is going to end quicker than I wanted to because I actually want to watch these two beats judge. Oh, fuck. Yep. 49 <laughs> seconds into round one. Here we are. I'm like, I can watch it happening too. I give Jack I give Jack props though because he knew exactly when he knew the right time where to move. Yep. The right time. That's experience. That was a thing of beauty. That's experience yeah. in your own wheelhouse right there. So. Obviously, there's not much. I ain't saying like David, David new or anything. I'm not saying that David's new. I'm just saying experience in your own wheelhouse. Go, Jack. Yeah. You knew your shit. Jack, Jack had him. Jack knew exactly what was going down. That guilty choke came in yeah. too smooth. That was it. <laughs> oh, it, well, yeah. It looked like it was planned. You yep. know what I mean? Like we see a movie and you see a fight happen and like the way the way a, a choke or something happens, you're like, bullshit. That's what it seemed like to me. It was almost slightly fake for how smooth it was. You're like, you sons of bitches. That looked too easy. Fuck you. So, Fuck you. I couldn't do it that easy things, in real life. Wait a minute. Speaking of things that look too easy, let's move on. Oh, Edson Barbosa yes. versus Justin Gaethje. Uh, KO first round. Give you guys the stats. Uh, total strikes. 13 of 32 for 40.6% 40. for Edson. 22 of 37 for 59.5%. Uh, Justin, man, let me tell you, like, I was watching a fight, and there were so many leg kicks that were being eaten. I was like, someone's no. gonna die. Like, someone's leg is literally gonna die. Uh, because Edson, Edson's front leg was getting chewed up. Then you saw that Gaethje's front leg was getting chewed up. And it wasn't until well, I, I giggled. started seeing... I giggled at Twitter being like, oh, Barboza's going to kick Justin's face off. I'm like, did y'all forget that Justin's got people on kicks too? 
Yep. Like this, they're both kick each other's face off. This, this, they, it's not going to be just one kicking one and and the other one running away from it. That was the thing I enjoyed about it. Like every time Edson would toss one at him, just to be like, okay, there's one back, bitch. Yep. I can kick two. Back and forth. I can kick two. But then as uh, as Edson started moving around the cage and started running up, you could see Gaethje was was in pursuit. He knew what was going to happen. And he threw that right and it caught perfect on the chin and Barbosa just went to sleep. Yeah. And I was like, you know, this it's yep. tough for me because I'm a huge Barbosa fan. Um, especially after the Edmund fight. Um, and it's just and actually in the Gilbert Melendez fight, and it's just so crazy to see somebody just 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 get knocked out so quick. But hey, you know, Gaethje has like he's got the hands to do it and he's such an incredible fighter. Yeah. So it was a huge win for him, huge feather in his cap. I was big congrats to him I'm for a- that. I'm a fan of Barboza, but I'm not gonna lie. This happened. This went exactly the way I kind of wanted it to, because if Justin was gonna really like put it out there to Dana of like, yo, I'm just gonna let you know, you need to start putting me into more title situations, shot kind of, you know, conversations. He needed to do something like this. He needed to go against somebody like Barboza, where the hype around is like. Oh, he could kick Justin's head off. And then it doesn't happen, and he puts him to sleep in the first round. It's shit like that, that those kind of fights. You know, this wasn't like the a big money fight with McGregor or whatever. It was a fight against someone who is a really good fighter who they went blow to blow. It wasn't just like, you know, one was putting more work in the other. No, it, it was pretty close on some shit. It wasn't. One or the other. It was just that nice little fucking hit that got him. That's what Justin needed to do. So I was hoping this is how it went. If Bar- if Justin was going to put himself into real talking about contendership and stuff. So good on you, Justin. I mean, I love you, Barboza, but good on you, Justin, for being like, nope, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in top ten kind of talks. Let's be, let let's get here, let's yeah. go, let's do this. So good on Justin for this way. That's how you, that's how you do it. Yeah, no, it was a great, great, great. Uh, win for Justin, so big, big shoutouts for him. Uh, congratulations, and we I, we're hoping to see you catch you like in a bigger fight. So another yep. big fight. So big ups to him. Um, with that being said, these are all the fights that we're going to cover. Uh, next time that you guys hear from us, we're going to be discussing UFC 236. So with that being said, Julie, give them your big ups. Tell them where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Lil S Chewbacca, um, or you can find me on Instagram at Lil S Chewbacca on the weight loss thing, almost 80 pounds down. So, woot, 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 come bullshit. I've been a little MIA. If you want to know about that, you can come on my Instagram and find out. It's a little personal, but yeah. Cool beans, bro. <laughs> and then again, you guys can always catch me um, on Snapchat, Instagram, or even uh, Twitter. Um, CM underscore Miller 85. You guys can also catch me here doing uh, Nerds at the Round Table, which we've kind of been off the air for a couple weeks for that show. Uh, we'll be getting that back up running maybe next week. Maybe. Um, but also, you guys can also catch uh, here as well on Frankensteiner, right here, part of Franken Culture. I know coming up in the future, I didn't get a chance to talk about this yesterday because we were kind of in a hurry talking about everything. Um, but uh, we will, Franken Culture, be appearing at the Greater Comic Con in Philadelphia. So if you guys want to come chat with us, bullshit with us, hey, we're going to be there. Come come find us. 
Uh, we'll probably be the guys walking around with a black shirt with a big Frankenstein monster on their back or chest. I'm not sure. But catch us there. So, guys, with that being said, um, it has been awesome to re- recap these fights. Um, Julie, tell them bye. Bye, everybody. And as always, good fight and good night.